What's an M. Night? M. Night Shyamalan, the Indian filmmaker from Philly. Oh my God, this dude's a big deal. He always you know puts some I mean? like awesome twist at the end of his movies to trick the audience. Oh yeah, yeah, like like in The Sixth Sense, you find out that the dude um, in that hairpiece the whole time, that's Bruce Willis the whole movie. That's not the twist. That's not the twist of that movie. That wasn't the twist. No. Hello and welcome to the M Night Shift, the podcast that reviews and discusses the career of filmmaker M Night Shyamalan. Um, AJ Gonzalez, a movie blogger and your co-host, and with me, Brian Connolly. I'm not a movie blogger, but a co-host. Yeah. It's <laughs> something. Enough. It's something. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, all oh, you need on link your LinkedIn profile. Uh, so before we get into the movie, tell us about this delicious scotch. Every episode we have a delicious scotch. Well, I don't think we've had a bad scotch yet. Not There's really. been ones better than others and others that I can't tell the difference. But this one, uh, at first, the, it, it caught my eye because the box is gorgeous. I've never seen a scotch box as beautiful. It's a yeah, it's a it's in a box, so you know already you're expecting a certain level of quality, <laughs> like how used uh, CDs used to be. Yeah, were you like that? Well, a CD, it's in a big rectangular cardboard box. That's got to be better than a cassette. <laughs> and the box is this uh, very light, cool blue, uh, an Arctic blue, maybe, yeah. or like Antarctic blue. It's called Shackleton, a uh, blended malt. Scotch whiskey. Then that would definitely be an Antarctic blue. Right? If it was Shackleton, wasn't he? In... Uh, yeah, wait, it says on the box, okay. British Antarctic Expedition. Yeah, there good. you go. Good, because I keep track of who, what Brits, <laughs> and what, like, what Brits and Nor- Norwegians went to what poles. On the bottle, like embossed on the glass of the bottle, is I believe it it is in our nature to explore, to reach out into the unknown, Ernest Shackleton. In 1907, and this is now on paper, in 1907, Sir Ernest Shackleton led one of history's most famous explorations of the Antarctic, ordering 25 cases of McKinley's, it's probably McKinley's, McKinley's rare old Highland malt whiskey for the expedition. Inspired by this original malt whiskey, Shackleton offers robust notes of vanilla, honey, ginger, and licorice with a whisper of bonfire smoke. Nice. So it is, it's a newer whiskey, but based on this old whiskey. Yes. So can you not get McKinley's anymore? Maybe. And that's why they had to make this blend of it? Perhaps. Or, they, like, or perhaps the McKinley's is just so... That's its own thing, and it's like yeah. possibly really expensive. It's on that shelf that I don't even huh. bother to look at at the liquor store. I uh, like, but, I like yeah, it. It's cool. The it has a cork. Yeah, you know it's fancy when it yeah. has a cork. Has a cork, and the cork has the uh, compass rose on it. Got a little picture of uh, Antarctica. Well, on there, the, there was on the a um, store in my hometown called the Compass Rose. It sold just like knickknacks and cool furniture and things like that and that was called the compass rose i knew at least one girl that had a tattoo of a compass rose or wait or was compass rose a tattoo shop see now i'm confused <laughs> wait maybe that's right hmm. well, well we'll never know 
<laughs> it's a good. That's yeah, a good flavor. It's definitely a it's blended good. scotch. So is this is this a fancier scotch without saying the price? Is this a nicer scotch than what we normally do? Slightly nicer. I mean, it's in the box. So. Yeah. And the box also kind of looks a little bit like a box you would expect an aftershave to come in. Like, uh, a, yeah. Maybe that's because there's a boat on it, which is like the Old Spice. Does an Old Spice have a boat on mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Yeah. No, this is quite, quite good. I keep hoping the more episodes we do, I'll know how to talk about alcohol. But I don't. All I can ever say is it's good. It's good. I, I like it. It tastes, it tastes I either. good. I've, I've just noticed that blended scotch has more of that, like, alcohol kick to it like you you definitely know you are drinking alcohol but the single malt scotches i've had off the podcast and i think we had one single malt on yeah. the podcast those are much more i don't know smooth mm-hmm. like you can just drink a single malt scotch straight like you don't even need bitters just some ice you can drink it straight and it uh it burns but it, it doesn't have that uh that like alcohol burn to it See, i like the alcohol burn i like knowing that i'm drinking alcohol not just because it slows me down in case we forget in trouble but also i just like it make, it feels more adult like when i'm drinking scotch i want to feel like a grown-up and i feel you need that alcohol kick that burn to feel more grown-up the um the aftertaste is definitely sweet mm-hmm. definitely sweet i uh, i won't say that i can pick out any of these uh things mentioned they always mention weird stuff. Yeah, always, not yeah. not because I'm saying they're not there, but because yeah, my palate is <laughs> after. We over. Taco Bell. We don't have. Yeah. We don't care. We don't have a palate. We don't know. Yeah, my palate's not quite that sophisticated <laughs> yet. Yeah. How do you, can you? How do you learn that? How can you make your palate more sophisticated? I don't know. Can I mean, you, I guess I you take, would have to uh, take a class and taste different things. Well, yeah, they're they're tasting. Learn how to. You know. They're tasting classes, and I've been to a, a distillery in Estes Park, Colorado, called uh, Dancing Pines. Yeah, my wife and I, we ordered a flight of different types of uh, whiskeys they made there, and they also made a vodka there, which is okay, but vodka is odorless and flavorless, so I, <laughs> I don't know why there's so many different kinds of vodka. <laughs> But yeah, and then uh, as it was served to us, we were told all the different, you know, flavors and methods of preparation for each different type of whiskey, and I ended up purchasing uh, a rye whiskey from them. Yeah, I like that. See, if someone told me, then I can be like, okay, but then this one says, like, oh, like taste of vanilla. I don't taste any vanilla. I I don't get that. Yeah, honey like, or ginger is what it says. I don't taste any of those. I, I don't specifically taste honey, but I no way. I just tasted honey. I just did. I just. <laughs> I swear to God, that just that I, for a moment picked up on some honey for a second. Well, this is the most we've ever talked about scotch. Yeah, it's It's good. We're getting better. Maybe the then, the, you know, maybe Shackleton will send us a case. It is. You know, it just would be nice if somebody. Uh, you know, one of these companies sent us like a case of scotch, you know. I would drink this again. I would definitely. What's good, though, is you have still a whole bottle. There's no way we're going to even get through a third of this. Or yeah. maybe, but not a halfway. You know, that's the nice thing about scotch. It lasts well a while. That all depends on the film we're going to talk about tonight. <laughs> one, After Earth. After Earth, 2013. 
Um, I didn't see this in the theater. You didn't, didn't see, see this in nope. the theater. I don't think anyone saw this in the theater. Now, uh, After Earth was released on May 31st, 2013. So, it, so, like, not quite the first summer movie, but one of the first summer yeah, movies yeah. of that year. It was. It came in third that weekend at the box office behind Fast and Furious 6. Great movie. And Now You See Me. Not so good, probably. Never seen it, but it's uh, terrible. I saw it. I don't like it. Is it like a heist movie? It's a magician heist movie. Yeah, that sounds But the, uh, <laughs> the kind of magic they... Like, they don't have supernatural powers, but yeah. the kind of magic they do in it is the kind that's literally impossible to do in the real world. So it's a lot of uh, CGI. Yeah, it's a lot of CGI tricks. stuff, which takes the point, like... <laughs> the point is, like, you, do, you watch Penn and Teller do this crazy... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this crazy illusion that is totally doable because they actually did it. And this move, now you see me, has a bunch of uh, CGI tricks in it. So we'll talk. We'll talk more about that. But let's let's first. Whose turn is it to describe the plot of this movie? We're at my house, so I think it's your turn. Is that how this works? Yes. Somehow that's oh, how we man. ended up. All right. Well, this is because I definitely talked about the whatever the last one was. <laughs> Uh, the Airbender. <laughs> the last Airbender. Yeah. It was that good. I talked about that at your house. All right, good. Okay, so that's a good thing to know. That when we're at each other. Okay, good. So, okay, After Earth begins with a very convoluted opening that I couldn't fully explain what it all means. It feels like you're watching the third movie and like they're showing you clips of the first two movies because they're talking about Earth has been ruined by the people, but then there's like aliens are dropping some things. It was so confused. I was so confused. There's like aliens are dropping some things down there to upset people. It, and so all the people have to leave Earth. And it's just a far enough in the future they can leave Earth. It's uh, uh, it, it's in like the near, within like the next 100 or 200 years. Yeah, Earth is so bad, we have to evacuate. So the space rangers or whoever they are, yeah. the rangers... Which is just like the they're just space army guys. Yeah, they evacuate everyone to the planet of Nova Prime. But then what was the thing with the aliens? I was that's, so that's is on that Nova, on Nova Prime. Yeah, on Nova Prime. Oh, they were already so they didn't do a good job of explaining. Yeah, that. there are already <laughs> aliens, and they had to like because they're colonizing. It's almost like Starship Troopers. We're like we're yeah. colonizing this thing. Get out of here, you dirty aliens. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that happens, and then you you meet Will Smith's character, who's like the coolest dude in the world, in the universe. That's literally he's literally described as like the most awesome guy in the world. Like there's like he can never do anything wrong, and everyone you know that's ever existed looks up to him. And he does this thing called ghosting, and I don't quite understand. <laughs> he didn't do a good job of explaining it either. He's like he can feel, like he can tell when there's something going. It's like it's like almost like a sixth sense, if you would. <laughs> Of like he can tell when something's happened. Like well, I didn't no, understand. They didn't, um, understand. they didn't explain that. He can control his his fear. Yeah. So that he has no, no fear. fear. Is and that the, it? Is that all ghosting is? That's all it is. But they call it ghosting because these. So it's aliens that we never meet. But these aliens, they unleash these things called ursas, yeah. which are do not look like bears. They look like worm, spider, cat monsters. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, accurate uh, comparison to bring in Starship Troopers. And these things are blind, which is stupid. Like, why would 
you unleash a blind, you know, alien animal. Anyway, but they're blind, but uh, they can detect the pheromones released by yeah. people yeah. when you're afraid. So yeah. even if you're perfectly still, if you're afraid, then they know where you are. <clears throat> Wait, so that's all ghostiness is just not being afraid? Because I, yeah. I, I thought it was like he can like tell that like, something was No, no, that's why Will but... Smith, when they introduce him, he's just like walking through the battlefield and like nothing's attacking him. And he's just a total badass and goes and like cuts the head off one thing. So I'm doing a terrible job, so you're already describing the story <laughs> that I'm supposed to be. So anyways, there's this long intro where you're like, I don't know what any of this means. And then you cut to little Jaden Smith, who is this badass guy's son in the movie. Uh, and he is not getting promoted in, within the Rangers because he's like very book learned, but does not have the experience of being in the field. He doesn't know how to because he's too scared all the time. He doesn't yeah. know how to control his fear like his dear old dad. And so then, of course, like, dad is all disappointed. Son, like, classic, oh, my son's a disappointment. And then the mom is like, hey, son, go off with dad and, like, just, like, you know, bond and, like, get along and it's okay. And maybe you can learn a thing or two. And Will Smith is like, ah, okay. And so they're going off on, like, what seems to be, like, a routine sort of thing that is normal. But then this is why I thought ghosting was a sixth sense sort of thing, like, another thing, because, like, then... All of a sudden, Will Smith is like, I can tell there's something wrong. There's like something going on here. Oh, and he puts his hand on the he hull puts of it the ship. Like, so that's, what is that? Where did that come from? Like, and why could he know that there's something going on? But I think that's uh, supposed to be just because he's so badass oh, at everything. See, I, I figured that was that part he of can ghosting. Detect, oh, he okay. can detect uh, a solar meteor <laughs> storm or whatever sure. kind okay. of storm happens. So then he. Them takes control of the thing. He's like, we're going to, we got to land at the nearest planet. Oh, we're getting hit by these asteroids. What's the nearest place? Like push your button and jump to the nearest, whatever. And they do. And they're like, what is this? And then the computer's like, do not land on this planet. It is so uh, like, unlivable for a human being. It's so dangerous. Twist. It's the earth. It's, mm -hmm. I don't like to think that this movie is like a backdoor sequel to Wally. -E, that like, it's the same earth and Wally -E, <laughs> that Wally -E was cleaning up. And then, these people can't live on this garbage planet now. And so then Will Smith is like, "For no, you gotta land on this Earth. And they're like, okay. And then before they can land nicely, it gets completely messed up by these asteroids and this crashes on the Earth uh, in a large wooded area. Never specified what part of Earth it's in. Never specifies what part of Earth it is. It's Wood, a part that has woods. Water, big waterfalls. Big waterfalls that has animals from all continents it's, it's yeah because i would like, say it was like it felt like south america but the trees were too north american yeah the, the trees were very deciduous they didn't look like jungle it looked more like you know like the redwood forest so i don't know like they were but, the first thing uh jaden smith sees when he uh gets out of the ship and has to go off into the earth is like herds of like bison yeah I think so. Yeah. Bison, that's North America. But then <clears throat> he also encounters baboons, yeah, which are specifically African. Yeah, but maybe it's all LA because they're all CGI, which is where you know <laughs> LA is where CGI comes from. Um, and so, and it's a part of Earth where it seems like no person has ever lived there. There's no remnants of any human being there at all. It is buildings. Just wood. There's no buildings. There's nothing. Just no half a Statue of Liberty sticking <clears throat> out of the sand. How come in movies they always crash land 
uh, like the Earth is 75% water. What are the chances that you're going to hit a spot when you're crashing that's land? Uh, they're very slim. <laughs> the movies, they always conveniently land on land and always conveniently far away from where anything is. So they have to walk a long ways. It's never like you crash landed in the middle of the Planet of the Apes village. It's like, no, you crash landed way over here and you got to walk all the way to the Planet of the Apes village. And like, oh, no, no, you crash landed in the desert and you got to walk all the way. It's like it's never like someone's in their house and then the spaceship lands on their house and kills people and it's never in the water. And they're just like, oh, shit, we're in the water. You know? The only time that happened when a spaceship landed and they were in the water was Interstellar. Oh, yeah. And That's they, right. And they landed on the intense gravity planet. Good for you, Christopher Nolan. There yeah. you go. Landing in some... The one good That's what happens when scientists uh, <laughs> tell Jonathan Nolan what to write. Is that what happened? He met with scientists and they said, he would probably land in water. Yeah, Kip, uh, uh, physicist Kip Thorne had the idea for Interstellar uh-huh. and was working with Jonathan Nolan and one Steven Spielberg. Oh, but, I know uh, yeah. Yeah. But okay. That never happened. So they crash on the planet and it, it lands so harshly that everybody dies. It's, everyone's dead except for Will Smith and, and Jaden Smith. And uh, Will Smith can't really move. He's not really mobile because he's more damaged in the thing. And then, uh, so he's got to send little Jaden Smith out to go to where this the beacon is that can set off uh, an alert for people to help them. But because it's a movie. The beacon landed way, way far, far, far away from where the other part crashed somehow. And so James Smith's got to go. He's got to do it. But don't worry. Dad can, like, see and hear everything he's doing and kind of guide him along the way, which is good because the dad's really brave and has no fear, and the son is a total coward, you know, baby. And so the whole time it's, like, him going through the woods and running to CG baboons and, you know, like, poisonous slugs and all these and climbing cliffs and stuff and the dad is just like what are you doing what, what's going on what's the thing you got to do this and that's the whole and the whole thing and then uh uh courage enters the body of jaden smith he gets a, a, a dose of courage when it finds out that they're gonna have to abandon you know abort the mission because he doesn't have enough little air pocket things which reminded me of the Perry Air and Spaceballs. Like, remember when uh, when the President Scrooge drinks Perry Air? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think that was just a ripoff of Spaceballs. Uh, and so then he, like, you have a part where Jaden Smith is flying, and he's, like, going to the beacon. He finds the beacon. And then uh, one of those creature things that was on their planet that they're from was being transported on the ship, and its its cage broke open, and it's unleashed on this on Earth. And so then Jaden Smith has to fight this monster, and then he comes back and makes his dad proud, and that movie is over. And somehow that feels 100 minutes, because that feels like a 20-minute movie that I just described, other than the convoluted beginning, which is only a minute long. But somehow that fills that fills the time, and it well, feels longer than 100 minutes, but they, the, actually what happens is not much, because there's no other people that Jaden Smith runs into at all. There's zero human beings. It is just him alone in the woods, running into CG animals and like kind of escaping. Or he like has an eagle grabs him. You know, it's just like he, he runs away from like mutated lions or something. They don't look like real lions. They look kind of weird. And uh, or what are those people? Bobcats? Like what were those weird things? I don't I, know. I mean, sense. I thought they were like cougars <clears throat> and pumas, but uh, 
they look more monstery. Yeah. So it's um, like did the pollution like deform these animals? Because like you had a super eagle that's huge that can like pick up a human being, and who knows why it would pick up a human being, but is like kind and saving Jaden Smith, you know, from like these like the, the cold. Well, that's another thing. The Earth gets really cold now, but you find these hot spots that aren't internet cafes, but in fact, just parts that keep you warm from the cold. And it's never fully explained why that is. Why did they explain that? Because I don't quite understand. It's like, yeah, you just find uh, under this tree is warm, but under that tree is not warm. So you got to find these hot spots. And Will Smith, like on his little map, is like, dude, there's a hot spot just like way over that, you know, over that hill there. And then like Jaden Smith finds it and curls into the field position and doesn't freeze to death. For some goddamn reason. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, supposedly the movie was originally much longer and they had to cut a lot out. So that oh would explain God. the what holes other, in logic that uh, don't make any sense. What other crazy animals could he have encountered? Because <laughs> most of this movie, yeah, it's it's just Jaden Smith trying to get through uh, the, the woods, the forest, whatever. Encountering... Uh, CGI. Yeah, encountering CGI baboons. Which his dad tells him to like leave him alone, leave him alone, leave him yeah. alone, and then he picks up a rock and throws that baboon. So then all his, uh, you know, his the rest of the baboon crew shows up to yes. chase this kid. Then he gets, yeah, bitten by a poisonous slug. Yeah. Then he gets picked up by that giant eagle condor type thing to taken up to the nest. I would assume to be fed to the to the babies. But no, it was to be taken care of like a baby. Yeah, because then <laughs> the nest is attacked by monster lions. Monster lions. And Jaden Smith fights the lions and then like earns, earns the respect, respect yeah, the condor of the condor. So the condor then comes one night and... Uh, pulls him to a hot spot. Pulls him to a hot spot, keeps him warm, and then dies. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting how hot spots you know, became... A place for the internet, but then in the far, far future, it's just back to a place where you're warm. (laughs) So the movie is like a lesser sci-fi version of The Edge, the uh, Alec Baldwin. Of The Uh, Edge, yeah. Anthony Hopkins, or Into the Wild, but but, but on Earth in the future. And it's interesting enough, I read that the movie was originally written as just a modern-day family goes camping movie. Huh. The original script or idea, I don't know if it was actually written as a script, was dad goes camping with son in the regular times that we live in, and the same thing happens where they crash, he gets hurt, and then the son has to, like, find a way, but you know, save the dad. I don't know if the dad was military or whatever. That would make sense. You'd have, like, military dad and, like, weak, weakling son. And then Will Smith had the idea, like, hey, no, wait. Let's, let's make this a science fiction movie. And then he really wanted to work with M. Night. And so he was like, I'm going to, this is finally the project I can do with M. Night. And so he brought it to M. Night, which I believe is one of the first movies that M. Night didn't think of to do himself. Because I think even Airbender was something he was actually excited about and was sort of like, I could see him pursuing. The Airbender to is do like, that, yeah, written know? and directed by Shyamalan. But this one, he wrote it with some other guy he, yeah, and the... directed it. But it was definitely a Will Smith. And the story credit is to Will Smith. And the screenplay credit is to... The guy who wrote Book of Eli. Yeah, Gary uh, Witta, or Whita. Yeah. And, and he's and, credited first, and, and then Shyamalan. And it's the and, not the symbol. Yeah. How do you say that? Amber? Uh, ampersand. Ampersand. So when it's the ampersand, you know they wrote it together. When it's the and, that means a rewrite happened. And that's why when you watch the Flintstones movie, 
it's like 14 different ands between all the names because it was rewritten so many times. <laughs> so that's a good thing to learn. That if you see the and, be a little, you know, concerned that maybe this it was definitely rewritten by somebody. But Will Smith wrote the story, and then supposedly Will Smith directed a lot of it too. Supposedly he did all the direction of the actors, which is just basically him and his son, and was really precious with working through the script. And then M Night was just there to like set up the shots and like you know color correct it or whatever. As the rumor goes, and then M Night bravely took full credit for it when it was horribly panned. But why? Why would he do that? I don't know. So I don't know if that's if any of that's true at all. But I can definitely see Will Smith stepping in and being like, I, I, I know how to talk well, about this, I know how to do this. Because that's, that's the whole movie is Will Smith sitting in a chair directing his son on where to go, <laughs> what he needs to do, how he should yeah. be feeling. It really is just the strongest actual like metaphor for their relationship in real life. Like, yeah. th- like this is why Jaden this is why we even know who Jaden Smith is, is because basically Will Smith like from afar said, okay, son, you're going to do this. You're going to do me in Karate Kid, and then you're going to be in this movie with me, and then we're going to be in this other movie for me that I'm going to actually like come up with for you and I. And, it, and it's and it's kind of that tricky, awful thing where you're going to the theater and be like, I'm going to go see the new Will Smith movie. And you're like, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Why are we just – wait, so wait. It's not Will Smith running around doing stuff. He's just sitting in a chair and this other guy's running around. It's that it's like when Shia LaBeouf is getting all the stuff in the fourth Indiana Jones movie. You're like, wait, wait, I didn't know this was a Pass the Torch yeah. movie. I went to see an Indiana Jones movie, and now I got LaBeouf running around. Or what was that? Uh, Rocky Five, right? Isn't Rocky Five that Rocky way? Five is the one where he doesn't box. He's trying to train yeah. someone. And he's like, no, I want to see Rocky box. But then that's why Rocky Six is like the old man coming back to box because nobody yeah. wants to. No, the genre, the Pass the Torch genre. There are zero good movies in that genre. There's not a single movie. Like, like, would you ima- could you imagine if there's ever a Bond movie where it's like, I'm James Bond, and here's my friend Ernie, and we're going to follow him for all, yeah, the whole movie, but I'm going to be there and kind of guide him once in a while. And like, people would hate that. People would destroy that movie because past the torch movies are the worst. They're the worst kind of movie because they're always done with some trickery. They're never honest. It's always like, like this where you're like, oh, Will Smith's name is first. It's summertime. This is when you get your Will Smith movie. All right, I'm going to go see After Earth. Awesome. And you're like, no, wait a minute. This is about his son. And he wants us to watch a. He wants his son to be the next blockbuster star. I hate I hate that trick. That's a mean trick. Is there any good Pass the Torch movies? Is there one at all where it's like the sequel or the famous star? And you're like, here's the new person. I am letting you like have this new person now be the new me. Now, the only thing I could think of and it's not really applicable, is the very end, uh, end of The Dark Knight Rises. Where, oh, where it's Robin? Yeah, where uh, uh, yeah. Joe, what's yeah. his name? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, Joe, you know, Joe! Which is, jo- like, that's, <laughs> Joe. that's what his friends call him. <laughs> Are Joe. you his friend? Joe, you know, Joey, we go back. Gordon-Levitt. I watched him on Third Rock, that's <laughs> enough, right? I've known him since he was a child from television. <laughs> Uh, yeah, when he gets the yeah. the bag and the directions, but then the movie ends, and there was never another movie where now he is Robin. So See, that it doesn't really, it doesn't really fit. But it, but if the halfway through the movie, Batman was like, "This guy will take care of it. This movie's about him now." Then no one would like that movie. Well, no one liked that movie anyways. I Except me, it. I'm, I like it. I think it's the best of the no, movie. I, 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 like, I really did like it. Uh, but yeah, no, past the tour, it's bad. So like you're tricked into watching a Jaden Smith movie. It's not a Will Smith movie. This is a Jaden 
Smith movie. And yeah, it's the movie is Jaden Smith's life. It's his dad in a chair telling him what he's doing right, what he's doing wrong, you know, and just like he's not as cool as his dad. It's like this, it's like it is reality. So I wonder like what Jaden Smith felt being like, huh? It's okay. I wonder like what is my dad if my dad wrote this story and it's about how I'm not cool like my dad is. But then at the very end, he's like, I salute you, son. You're as cool as me now. Maybe you're cooler. But then all of America watching this, who did watch it, which is not many, was like, nope. <laughs> and then, <laughs> no, you are not and as after cool that, as Will Smith. After that moment, then Jaden Smith ends the movie with a joke, which is, uh, he says, like, I'm going to go work with mom. <laughs> and we go, ah, ha, ha, ha. Um, yeah, and then thankfully Jaden Smith lost his mind and was never in a movie again. <laughs> <laughs> Grew his hair out, became gender fluid, made some terrible music. Right? Didn't he make some music? Or oh, something? I didn't know about that. Or uh, like him and his sister were doing something. Well, didn't like, they have like a song about them whipping their hair? Was that or was that... he a part of that? Or was that just her? I don't know. Yeah, he was just like he would say amazing weird things on the internet. He would go to like on dates dressed up as Spider Man. You know, he just you know he went nuts. <laughs> In the one of the special features of this movie, uh, Will Smith talks about how the whole movie, the premise is a metaphor for parenthood. It's like your kid grows up and becomes their own person, and you as a parent are just like paralyzed. And you just, you can only just watch. You can only watch and make a star vehicle for them for over a hundred Yeah, which is the opposite, the opposite of what he in real life was doing with his kid. Force his kid to be in this, these terrible movies. Uh, when he has no business, because Jada Smith is a terrible actor. He's not like, in this movie, oh. he's not atrocious in, uh, uh, in the, all the other movies I've seen him in where he's smaller. It's like, come on, like, don't put this kid in movies. Yeah, he's like, okay. I mean, he's just supposed to be like scared and whiny all the time. Yeah. So he's scared and whiny all the time. But like his his narration opens the movie. His narration opens the movie. It's so bad. Like it's so stale and just sort of like you, like you don't know how to emote. You don't know what you're saying. Yeah. You don't know how to make it interesting. And he hasn't yet become the kind of person like his dad that has no fear, so only speaks in like, you know, flat tones. Um, and Will Smith is no fun in this movie. He hasn't been fun in the movie in a long time. He just kind of frowned through this whole movie. Like, remember when he used to be funny? Even in movies that weren't funny, but he would still be kind of like bringing humor to it. Like, this movie's humorless. There's no humor in this movie at all. There's no moments of funny. It really is just like the most just serious, straightforward thing. Like, it could use any any joke at all, but there's nothing. It really is just like you forget that Will Smith was ever funny or interesting because he's just sitting in a chair frowning for a hundred minutes. Um, like I was when I was watching this movie. So this, in a chair frowning. this movie was originally titled like a thousand years or like 1000 AE. Okay. A thousand years after Earth. But they just call it after Earth. Then they just call it after Earth. I guess, cause to distance itself from Titan A.E., oh, I yeah. would assume. Or 10,000 B.C., Yeah, which you really want to distance yourself from that. <laughs> yeah. But since it takes place a thousand years in the future, um, everyone speaks crazy. Uh, everyone has this bizarre accent, which is like a mix between like 
general Asian, South African, and Southern. Yeah. Is when, that intentional? Well, yeah. I mean, the 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 choice to have everyone use this bizarre accent, because everyone speaks like that, except for um, uh, what, Tormund Giantsbane. Oh, I can't understand a word that guy was saying. Yeah, like who, he is all this, he's taught he's guiding Jaden Smith on how to like approach this monster in this cage. Yes, when and they're I can't on the, understand a word that actor was saying. <laughs> when they're on the ship, uh, and Jaden Smith he sees this door that's marked like restricted, don't come in here. He goes in there and it's a bunch of the Rangers just hanging out and they're watching after this the the crate that has the monster alien in it. And you'll recognize one of them as a Tormund Giantsbane from Beyond the Wall. The guy with the big, you know, with the big red beard. Um, Which they made him cut off, or like maybe that's never really his beard. Oh, it's all a CGI beard, just like CGI. the dragons. <laughs> um, I didn't realize and, that was the same guy. Yeah. Okay. Well, and, I can understand uh, him clearly on Game of Thrones. <laughs> he has more easy to understand dialogue about monsters <laughs> on Game of Thrones than he did here. Yeah. So he's he's also in this movie. And, and that's kind of it. There's no other stars. There's stars. Um, uh, Lenny Kravitz's daughter, Zoe Kravitz, is in the movie. Well, she's kind of a star. Yeah, she's in yeah. the movie as uh, in flashbacks as Jaden Smith's uh, older sister who died uh, protecting him from an, an Ursa attack while their father was away on a mission and she like hid him in this little bubble, like a terrarium. Yeah. And the Ursa came and killed her, and you just see it in like silhouette, and it looks like it's just shaking her around. It also looks like it came to the front door. Yeah. Like it's like it. <laughs> like it's pretending to be a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, and then it like and then it shook her around, <laughs> and so Jaden Smith like blames himself for. Uh, Letting his sister die, even though he was like ten at the time. Why didn't she hide in the bubble too? If Alt takes her to hide in this little bubble, well, it, was thing. A, it was a very tiny bubble. But then Will Smith also blames Jaden Smith for her death. There's this, uh, and then just a few flashbacks of her. And isn't it weird though that most of his flashbacks he remembers is him looking at a computer or phone screen? There's no actual memory of him interacting with people. I think there's one. But the rest of them are like. Oh, yeah, that time I was sitting there and I was looking at my phone and talking to my family through the phone. Oh, that one time I was looking at the computer screen and talking to my family on the computer screen. Because these people talk to each other, <laughs> they have these things they wear on their wrists that um, are like the thing Leela has on Futurama that just kind of do everything. And one thing they do is they you know, project uh, an image of who you're talking to. So, yeah, a lot of the memories of uh, a lot of memories of the daughter are like shot POV, like first person, uh -huh. since everyone's just looking into their arm band yeah, camera. Yeah. And it kind of reminded me just ever so slightly of the flashbacks in RoboCop. Those are all shot POV. Yeah, yeah. And they are like 100 million times better than than this movie well the robocop 3 is 100 million times better than this movie <laughs> the pov flashbacks in robocop are are haunting they're good yeah because there's the one where it's the wife is like kissing the, the it's like, it's like, like well welcome home or whatever 
Yeah. Uh, when, when he's remembering that. But then you also have, because you have those memories of his family in his house and the wife being like, I love you. But then you also have the great theories of when they're working on him and you have Miguel Ferrer kind of like yeah. screwing things in and like throwing him a party and the lady kisses him. And, but that's because RoboCop's a masterpiece. And After Earth is like never going to be remembered ever. <laughs> Already, like you know, four years later, nobody remembers this. Nobody cares about this movie uh, at all. Like, like no matter what other comeback Will Smith will have on Netflix, no one's going to go back and Which try to knock off of of Alien Nation. Yeah, but it's an orc. It's not an A. It's different. His his knockoff of Black Rain. Uh, his knockoff of Collision Course. The Jay Leno, Pat Morita <laughs> A knockoff of a gnome named Norm, the Anthony Michael Hall yeah. uh, gnome uh, buddy cop movie. Uh, Theodore Rex. <laughs> Theodore Rex. This is what people want these days. No, it's when Netflix movie. forces you to watch. Every time you turn on Netflix, the trailer just starts playing. And you're like, damn it, Netflix. Doesn't your super smart algorithm... Can't it know? Isn't it programmed to know that I don't like shitty movies? No interest in that movie at all. It's like, because you liked Aguirre, <laughs> Wrath of God, we recommend Bright. <laughs> so uh, the other thing that bothered me about this movie, like many things bother me about this movie, but I really am tired. I mean, this movie is a few years older now, but this is still a problem, and it was a problem then, too. It was not fresh then, too. Is having aliens look like the way the alien looks in this? It's like it always... So many movies in the last 18 years have used this. It's kind of like a bug, and it's kind of like a tentacle thing, but you can't quite tell where its face is. And just like that's sort of the way the alien monster looks in this thing is no different than like the Super 8 thing, and then the Cloverfield monster, and just like every gosh darn movie with an alien in it, it all has to look like this sort of like spidery mix. With these, like, it's all, but basically all started, it's like post-Starship Troopers, which was, like, one of the first ones to do that. But those, they and were then, all very clearly bugs. Like. Yeah. Well, they call it bugs in that movie, but then since in, like, any movie, when they show these things, it's, they look like this. And I'm so tired of aliens looking, like, the way it does in this movie. Aren't you? <laughs> I'm just so tired of it. I am. And they're because, still doing that. Because it's so derivative. Because it's, like, it's a thing. Because it's, like, it's okay. bug-like. Because it's bug-like. You think of Starship Troopers. Because it has no face and like a kind of a, a, a smooth head. You're like, oh, well, it's like the xenomorph yeah. alien. It's like, let's move away from that. those kind of things now. And like, let's do something different. Because it could literally be anything. Because it's science fiction and it's a monster. So why not make something that's more like round shapes or more... You know, square, and it's, instead it's all these sort of like like buggy, like like little legs, skinny legs, like spider mouth. Like it's kind of like a crab spider thing, and it was it's done. Like I'm done with that. Like it's not scary. It's not interesting. I don't know. Like I'm not feeling anything for it. It just does. It's not scary. It's not. It's just. It's nothing. It's just so silly. And like this movie. Like, there's no moment in this movie where I feel, like, tension or scared because it's all CGI, and you know that he's probably going to make it to the end of the movie. <laughs> like, it's going to be like, you're going to figure it out, and it's just so... And you're and it's like, the movie would be more compelling if it was like The Edge, where it's like, okay, The Edge is you're in the woods without Baldwin and Anthony Hopkins for two hours. Great, those actors are brilliant. I will watch them read the phone book. This movie is, okay, you're alone in the woods with Jaden Smith for 100 minutes. I don't care. Like, there's nothing compelling but you about also, him. But you <laughs> also get to watch Will Will Smith 
sit and watch Jaden Smith. <laughs> He's like, so I'm watching Will Smith watch Jaden Smith, and that is not a, not a compelling <laughs> motion picture. It's so, you know, it's like that uh, that movie I refuse to watch with the one where Robert Redford is at sea. I'm not going to oh. hang out with Robert Redford on a boat for two hours in real life. Why would I watch a movie about that? It's so boring. <laughs> like, I can't think of a least interesting actor. No, if you made a movie about Nicolas Cage on a boat for two hours, like, sign me up. Like, that's an interesting movie. But it's like, oh, like, old, you know, white dude going to be on a, like, Robert Redford, like, the least, one of the least interesting actors of all time, like, on a boat by himself. But still probably more interesting than Jaden Smith by himself <laughs> running away from CG uh, orangutans. I have a um, problem with that the movie is set on Earth at all. Like, they go, they have to crash land on this dangerous planet, which the computer tells them, like, restricted planet, uh, avoid under penalty of law, space law, I guess. Uh, but they crash, and Will Smith tells Jaden Smith, uh, like, everything on this planet, it was designed to kill humans. <laughs> like, we're on Earth. Like, it's a big, ooh, a twist, a revelation, but the movie's called After Earth, but then it doesn't even resemble Earth. They're just in the woods. They're just in, in generic woods, and then it's only been a thousand years. So no real reason other than maybe pollution would exist for... The weird animals they encounter, it's like super giant birds that can pick up a fourteen-year-old yeah. Jaden Smith. Like evolution doesn't happen that fast. That monster lions, or that snake when he's in like a cave, yeah. and there's a snake that glows and then like flies from one end of the cave to the other. But it worth doesn't seem polluted. It's like look, there's this beautiful, majestic, you know, forest. Yeah, like the skies are blue. The water is crystal clear. The animals are doing like the woods. Seems there's no message of like, hey, humans left Earth and then it got really better and there's trees everywhere and there's animals and it's like beautiful now. It's just like, oh, there's monster aliens now. Don't come here. But the worst monster is the one they brought there. Yeah. So it's not even a thing. So like that, yeah, that is weird that like the movie isn't even trying to make any comment at all about the human race. <laughs> Via what we did with Earth or anything. It's like, so you th think when you're watching this movie, like, oh, he's going to Earth and he's going to see the remnants of mankind and what it was like. And what, like, and we're going to learn something as an audience on how we should do better as a human race or as people, like, towards, you know, whatever. But there's none of that, which would be so much more interesting if it was like, you know, like, and then so many other movies do that. And so maybe they're like, oh, we'll do something different. We're not going to just have him be in this Mad Max world or this rubble. But then, yeah, but then why make it Earth at all? Like, why not just be crashed on some forest planet with monsters? Then you can think of something more interesting than a pack of orangutans. Is yeah. orangutans in a pack? Is that what you'd say? The, the, it was <laughs> a, a, uh, uh, a, a, a tribe of baboons living right, together. Okay. It has a specific name, but I can't remember what it is. But it's one of those crazy things like, yeah. you know, a pod or a pride or a murder or something. But there's no reason for it to be Earth at all. And that would have been a great way to show, like, why did they leave or what was left behind? Like, what do they regret leaving behind? Like, what is different when living on Earth as opposed to their other planet? Like, but there's nothing. And there's no other people... Which also isn't believable. Like, I feel like if, okay, yeah, the air is weirder or whatever, but it seems like there would be, like, somebody left behind, you know, like, on Earth who wouldn't go. Like, Earth is pretty big, and 
the, the idea that like everybody left, everybody got on those you know spaceships out of there. It's like I, I don't know, I don't know about that. Really, like they tracked down the people that lived in the middle of nowhere and said, "Hey, you better get your." This is the kind of the movie where. Uh, this is the kind of movie where on you know his journey he would have encountered like the one old hermit who still lives there yeah. and who knows about the old days or knows about something and you know imparts knowledge to him yeah. and maybe helps him out. But I guess that role went to the condor. Yeah, and then so why is the air okay for all the animals, but not for the people? Like why would that work? I don't like know. I know there's like Yeah, so they can't they can't <laughs> breathe the air because the whole planet doesn't uh, support human life anymore yeah. but it supports it supports plant uh, life and every other animal it supports ape life i mean the like cows ape different than man um yeah it doesn't make any sense but so he has to uh take these like poker chips they, they look like little poker chips and they have a gel in it and he has to like, like bite down they on look them. to be like hotel soap when they have like the fancy rigid soap yeah it's very rigid textured it, it made me think of like a cookie yeah 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 um and he has to bite and, like, suck on him. And then he can breathe air for, like, a day. And so he takes just enough of these, just enough to make it to there and back. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, he breaks some along the way. And then he finds some more. But then fine. he finds some more. But it's like, <laughs> take take extras. Even if, like, oh, four is more than enough. Take six. Because I'm just going to sit here in a spaceship where yeah. there's like dozens of these probably. Yeah, and how come yeah, Will Smith doesn't take any of that? Why doesn't he need it? I don't afraid? know. Maybe he does take it and I just can't remember. <laughs> it's and like it's really weird that this is an M. Night Shyamalan movie. There is nothing about this movie at all. No. It feels like like even Airbender had little moments of like, oh, that's his trademark like long take. And that's the person looking into the camera talking into the camera. Or like you know, but like this has, other than the fact that it stars a child, which is sort of like his cup of tea for the most part. But yeah, that's the only. That's the only thing. Only like Shyamalan esque no element. Interesting touch. Even the soundtrack, which is the same guy who did all. It's still Newton Howard. Is there's nothing good about that soundtrack at all. We don't even get a little Will Smith rap in the end credits. Like, come on. Like, give, give me a little, like, after Earth rap. It used to be that's how you knew you were watching a bad movie was uh, there was a rap song at the end of it. And <laughs> Will so Smith you would do you his at least, Wild West and you'd be excited. Yeah, you at least had some warning, like, hey, he did a, you know, he did a rap song for for Men in Black. I'm like, ah, shit. All right. <laughs> but it doesn't feel like an M. Night movie. Clearly... At this point, he just kind of maybe took what was given to him. Maybe he really felt like, oh, Will Smith, Summer, I'll make a lot of money. That'll just be a hit, this and is, then I'll be back. I'll be back in the game. It's clearly a job for hire, even like though Last Airbender, a lot of people think that's you know him trying to play the big studio game, not an original idea, so it must have been studio set it up and just hired him. But he still wrote that. And it seemed like he was, you know, a, the creative force behind it. With After Earth, the Smiths are the creative force behind it. And then it feels like they just hired M. Night Shyamalan to make sure the... Turn the cameras the, on, buddy. Make sure the camera was in focus. <laughs> um, this movie, it felt like a video game to me. Because yeah. it's little Jaden Smith on an adventure, and there are checkpoints. He has to get to, like, a hot spot by a certain point in the day. Was There's, there a video game made of this movie? There was, I think. 
However, um, the very first credit of, oh no, that's Gary, Gary Witte, was the screenwriter. Um, his very first credit was a video game called Prey, which for some reason is listed on IMDb. They put uh, video games in IMDb. Okay. So yeah, his very first credit is a video game, which would explain why this feels like a video game. Does Book of Eli feel like a video game? I never saw that. I never saw it either. Because Denzel Washington trying to like find the Book of Eli and him like... I thought he had the book of Eli. Oh, trying to get it. And trying to get it, but he's like, no, because it's actually the Bible or something. Well, spoiler, I haven't seen it. <laughs> no, I'll definitely not see it if that's what twisted. That's stupid. Uh, how far you have fallen, Hughes brothers. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, this doesn't feel like a Shemlin thing. And it's really, like, at the time, because I watched this when it came out on video, uh, I really felt like. Well, he's never going to be a successful filmmaker again. Like, clearly, he has lost it so hard that he's just making this terrible Jaden Smith movie. Like, Night Shaman will never be a name again that anyone cares about ever again. Like, I really feel like after Airbender and this, it's like, you're, you're done. Like, nobody, it's over. Because he was not <laughs> included in the marketing at no. all for this movie. Same, same with Airbender. So it's like, you two in a row now where it's just like, we're just going to pretend you're just like the guy that made this movie because you all you were, basically. Uh, which I would imagine must have been hard for him because he is such a creative, like, like I am the creative, you know, guy behind this thing. And to make a movie like this where you're just taking a back seat to Will Smith and Jaden Smith, and then you don't, like, clear, there's not really a vision here. Like, it doesn't have, like, he used to be, like, the name above the title, and, like, even Hitchcock in his most terrible movies, like Topaz, which is awful, still was sold as an Alfred Hitchcock movie. You know, it still was, like, Alfred Hitchcock's Topaz. Um, and, like, even John Carpenter's worst movie, like, Ghost of John Mars. Carpenter's The Ward? Yeah, the, it's still his name. The Ward, it's where, still oh, there. It's, it's so still... bad, you, ma- like, Master of Horror, John Carpenter made this, and you're, like, more perplexed than anything. But, like, he doesn't even get that anymore. Like, he got that taken away because everyone... I don't know whose idea that was. I'm guessing the studios were like... Or maybe it was him. I was just like, you know what? Let's just, like, it's... M. Night Shyamalan is not really a thing anymore that anyone wants. Like, no one's seen a movie just because your name's on it. Because clearly that was proven by Devil and, you know, the happening. (laughs) So we're going to just, like, kind of tone that down. And when you watch the movie... Because there's a lot of people, I think, still who don't know this is an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Like, I didn't like, know the, until I we just, until we got it in at the video store, like what five years ago now, and like you probably mentioned it to me, and it had been like, oh, it, it had been sitting huh. on the shelf for months. <laughs> yeah, because no no point was it sold as such, and I really thought like, well, that's it. Like I guess he's done forever, and little did I know what was going to happen afterwards, which will be the next three episodes, which will be basically the comeback. Yeah, of Shyamalan, like the like the second coming of M Night Shyamalan, <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so we're gonna do uh, Wayward Pines next month. He directed the pilot. He directed the pilot, and cr- I think he created it or thought of the idea with somebody or something. Well, I'm gonna try to see if I can watch the whole first season, but I'll probably only end up watching the pilot. <laughs> uh, 
Is there anything else you want to talk about this movie? Like, um, I feel like we've really gone just, through it all. Um, just some of the stats. Like, budget was $130 million. It grossed 243 worldwide. Oh, so it actually made mo- its money yeah. back. Worldwide, not domestically. Huh. Um, wow. Flopped with critics and audiences. One critic, Scott Mendelson of Forbes, wrote that Sony, he thought Sony made a mistake by not including M. Night Shyamalan in the marketing. Because M. Night Shyamalan, a name at the time out of favor, was still a name that people knew. Yeah. So it was something else to promote the movie. Like, oh, I don't like Will Smith or his kid. Like, oh, but Sam Night Shyamalan, maybe it'll be something different. So I feel this was at the time where nobody liked Will Smith anymore either. Because he had made, like, I Am Legend and I Robot and all these things that nobody liked. And you're like, oh, you're no longer the 4th of July yeah. guy. Seven Pounds may or may not have happened by then. Hancock. Oh, God, that was so fucking bad. I can't <laughs> believe I went. I went to the theaters and I paid money and I saw Hancock. That was the last Will Smith movie I saw in the theater was Hancock. That was just like I had nothing else to do that day. I'm like, you yeah, know, I'm going to go to the movies. I'm going to go see this. And it was so bad. <laughs> um, Matt, the one standout critic that did like this movie was Matt Zoller Seitz, who is the person that now basically runs uh, RogerEbert.com. Mm-hmm. He gave it three and a half stars. Wow. I didn't read all of his review, but he like thought it was just, it was more than just an action movie. It's a moral tale. Hmm. Um, he's, he's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> this movie's not um, a three and a half star movie. It got nominated for Razzie Awards. It won some, but who really cares about the Razzies? They announced the Razzies today, and it's yeah. a bunch of garbage, like always. I hate the Razzies. Like always. It's so – it's either unoriginal, like was it – is there an Adam Sandler movie or a, a new sequel, a super, a bad superhero movie? I can't think of a, of a reason. <laughs> well, this year they nominated Mother for a bunch, which seemed weird because I thought that was a movie that, like, though polarizing, would not be considered the worst movie of the year. I don't know. I'm picking on Michael Bay, which is just like shooting fish in a barrel. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was some mild controversy of maybe this movie had a Scientology theme oh. to it. Because the Smiths are Scientologists. Are they? Are, they're like secretly Scientologists, right? Yeah, they're, they're not. They're not, they're not like Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise yeah. But this does, you know, this does feel like it should have been a Tom Cruise movie, and it would have been better if it was a Tom Cruise movie. You would have at least had Tom Cruise. Um, like um, it, it has that kind of like edge of tomorrow, sort of like try harder moral to it. So there were many comparisons because it was a big uh, sci-fi movie that flopped, and there were like crazy aliens in it that couldn't breathe the. Air of the Earth. There were comparisons to Battlefield Earth. Mm. Another also with Earth in the title. Also with Earth. Uh, Scientology. That one's actually a Scientology movie. Yeah. Um, Do Scientologists believe in erasing fear, and is that part of their like not? That makes sense because like Tom Cruise has no fear. Clearly, Tom Cruise has no anything. fear, but I think that's because yeah. he's climbed all the levels of the tower. Yeah. And now has like he's unstoppable. Yeah. So that's why he can do all these crazy stunts. I mean, he's the best example of Scientology. Not that we're endorsing it, <laughs> but like if it if it gives you superpowers, if that's the actual goal, Tom Cruise is probably that uh, the example of that. Like he's 
what, 55? He's uh, getting old, and he's still hanging on to the sides of planes. Maybe Scientology really it only works for him. Like It works really well for him. Like maybe he's like the Jesus of Scientology, which is like you're the guy that we're gonna be wearing around our necks in a hundred years because you are the one that like made it the thing. Because he is invincible, right? Like he is like he's made of steel and has he's like Will Smith in his movie, he fears nothing, which is why he'll be like, Sure, strap me on the outside of an airplane I mean, and take off in the yeah, I'll walk around the tallest building on earth without any, you know, Safety nets, like yeah, whatever. I'm I'm Tom Cruise. Like I can live forever. I mean, he is kind of <laughs> he is kind of unstoppable because <laughs> he'll like he's the draw and the star, like just the standout star of all his movies or all his recent movies. And if they flop, if Oblivion flops, well, but he he's still gonna make another movie, and it's still gonna be a Tom Cruise movie. Mummy which is, flops, which is his face on the yeah, yeah the Mummy flops. We're it's gonna, just his yeah. face on the cover. He makes another movie, American Made, which is actually not that bad. Not a great movie, but it's a good movie. I, I recommend it. Yeah, this feels like this should have been a Tom Cruise movie, and it would have been a better movie. Because if it was Tom Cruise by himself, if he did away with his dad character, it was just Tom Cruise having to walk from one side of the planet to the other and just, just fighting monsters, yeah. and it's only him, that's a good movie. Because there would be less CGI, and he would really like jump off a cliff and fly down. And then he would add more stunts to make it more interesting, and, and that would Cruise, be a much better thing. The one, th- even though he is like the epitome of movie star, like you know, he plays a variation of himself in every movie. Yeah, he he does, you know, he does act. He, he is a legit actor, but he's able to get across like vulnerability and anxiety in just about all of his movies when the role calls for it, even his action movies. Yeah. In Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, there's a scene where at, he has to he has to get from way up top somewhere in this multi-tiered parking garage. He has to get to the bottom. And he knows that the quickest way to do it cuz the bomb's about to go off is to drive a car off of the edge onto <laughs> the bottom, but he also knows that that is the worst idea ever <laughs> but he has like 10 seconds to get from way up here to way down here and you see that just all in his face that is a good actor it's weird that he has never worked with m night you feel like that would have happened that would have been a tom cruise m night thing at some point sure you know, why not like like in a way yeah like i feel like when he was doing those like spielberg movies that should have been when he also did the m night movie like yeah. When he did War of the Worlds, he should have done like something like a Signs or a, you know like or an Unbreakable, but with with Tom Cruise. But and I put all his money on Bruce Willis, went with him instead, which is how it goes. But you know now yeah, we can always maybe in the future we'll see an M Night Tom Cruise movie. Well, I'm sorry that we all had to watch this movie. I'm going to say this is the worst movie we've seen for this podcast. It is worse than Last Airbender. At least Last Airbender was fascinating in the way that it failed. And this movie just was just so boring to me. It was so nothing. It's so forgettable. Like, I'm going to forget this movie tomorrow when I wake up. I'm not going to remember any, did I watch this movie at all. Fast, in uh, one, literally in one eye and out the other. Fast Airbender. <laughs> um, fast Airbender. Justin Lin's Fast Airbender. <laughs> Last Airbender it was a, a kid's movie. So, like... More lean, I'm more lenient on it because it's a kids' movie, but also the ways in which it's bad are more 
interesting. Like there are, there's a lot of bad hammy acting going on in it. Yeah. And in this, uh, I mean, there's bad boring acting. It's like two people wanting us to take them seriously. A movie that is humorless. Thumbs down. Yeah. <laughs> um, this whole thing, before I knew it was story by Will Smith, and it was you know just Jaden Smith going off into the woods on his own, and oh my God, we need to be so afraid for him. It did remind me of, or it made me think of the scene in the village where Bryce Dallas Howard has to go off into yeah. the woods by herself. So I thought, oh, is this Shyamalan like, you know, expanding on like, you know, that that idea? No, it's Will Smith. That movie, like now thinking about that movie compared to this movie, like The Village is like a masterpiece. Because <laughs> <laughs> at least in those parts where she's walking towards, you feel kind of scared for her. And like, you're just like, what's going to happen? In this, there's none of that. It would have been a great, tw- if it was a true crossover, if he just ran into like Adrian Brody in a cloak <laughs> in this movie. And you find out, wait, this is like 2004. And we just, we are the aliens that land. See, that's a movie similar to make. You, you think that it's the people landing on Earth later, and you find out that it's aliens who look like humans landing on modern-day Earth, and that's the twist. Someone should make that movie. Wouldn't that be a good movie? Sure. The whole time you think, like, oh, they've turned back. But it's Earth. But you're like, no, wait a minute. This is Earth now. Wait, who are these people? Oh, wait, they're aliens. They've never been from Earth. That's um... But they look like people. See, that's a movie. That's what After Earth should have been. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. One thing before we go, it was uh, one of our uh, followers on Twitter pointed out to me that apparently she's all that was ghostwritten by M. Night Shyamalan, or he. Or he, have to rewrite it. Yeah, he rewrote it and Ghost didn't get credit for it. So after we do. Uh, <laughs> After we do, we're caught up. Uh, split, yeah. We gotta go back and do she's all we that. We can do she's all that. Which I don't remember if I've ever seen it. I did that one mixed up with all the other movies from that time, like Drive Me Crazy. And... What was, was the one with Cisco in it? Was that she's all that? Uh, no, no. Cisco was in. I think he was in Get Over It with um, Mila uh-huh. Kunis. Oh, see, yeah, they're all the same movie. So I'll gladly watch she's all that if he if he just rewrote it. Sure, why not? Can't be any worse than After Earth. <laughs> yeah. All right. Very forgettable well, movie. <laughs> thanks for listening to us rant and ramble about this uh, forgettable film. Uh, but next month, I'm excited about Wayward Pines. I've never seen it. It looks like a Twin Peaks ripoff, but maybe it's more than. Yeah. I do like Matt Dillon. Let's let's give it a whirl. Let's give it a chance. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, so thanks for listening. If you've hung in with us through After Earth, we <laughs> appreciate it. Uh, you can listen to us, download us, and subscribe to us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever they're calling it now, the purple one on your phone. Like you click on that and then search for the M Night Shift, which you've probably already done if you're listening to us. And tell your friends and make them yeah. listen to it too. Subscribe, rate, and review us. That helps people yeah. find if you hate the podcast. It, great. If you love it, awesome. Whatever, you know, whatever works for you. We're uh, also on Stitcher Radio, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I have to check on Stitcher. Uh, if you have uh, questions, comments, if there's another 
90s teen movie that M. Night Shyamalan wrote. Oh, here's what After Earth should have been about. They crash, and they think they've gone back in time to the 80s. But then the twist is the end. They just landed in Canada, present day. <laughs> that, would be a good, that would be a good twist, right? There you go. That should have been After Earth. Uh, we're on Twitter at the M Night Shift. Uh, we have an email, the M Night Shift at gmail.com. Uh, thanks for thanks for listening yes, to us. Thank you. And uh, we will see you next month for Wayward Pines. Shyamalan twist.